I want to be the mum that my friend is where, yeah, my kids feel like they can call me no matter what. Let's listen back to this episode when the boys are 16 and we need to remind ourselves of what our vision is. Let's face it, now we're recording this, they're going to find this episode and they're going to play it and be like, see, mum, you said that you'll be cool. (laughs) What happened to that? Hello and welcome to the Parenthood Pod, where our lives and stories aren't perfect, but very real. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. Let's begin. Welcome to the show. Real, real, real talk. All right, Liv, we are back. How are you? What's the haps? Do you know what? I feel like it's taken me half a year to finally find a routine. Mm. Like... It's been not like kids are a bit older, so definitely been a little bit more social. Mm. Work is semi under control, not having to travel so much. Mm. Kids finally are okay with knowing what days they're going where. You know, we have a couple of days at a daycare, a couple of days at a kinder, a day that's grandma. Finally, halfway through the year, we're good. We know what we're doing. We're calm. And like how (laughs) grounding is that though? Like when you're like, okay, well, at least the foundation is set. But now I've put it out to the universe. Guess what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, shit's going to hit the fan, and I'll be back where I was last year, where this was therapy, and I was literally rocking. Like, how do we all survive this? Uh-huh. This is the hardest, worst thing ever. Do you know what was so tough as well? Particularly when our little ones. So for those listening, Liv and I have um, two little ones, four, uh, four years old and two years old, and um, when they were like, call it one, and they were starting off at daycare, and the colds every day, and the taking time off and or the unpredictability of it all it just messes with you doesn't it oh I have never been more close to broken when it was just the fifth illness and the 25th day off work and you're feeling rubbish yourself and you're just like how did I get here oh (laughs) uh, oh, actually parenting was just like going to parks well yeah like your kid eating their dinner and no illness. Like, and uh, I might like a day off work, not 25 days off work. Yes, like, right. Yeah. yeah, so for those of you who are in that right now, we so hear you. And it does get better. You have different challenges, but it does get better on that front. <laughs> and then you forget, like childbirth, you actually forget how bad it was. Yeah. It's just bizarre, this whole yes. parenting thing. You just keep rolling. We yes. Are, as mothers and fathers... I think we are pretty resilient generally with, yeah, you come out of it okay. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. How How is uh, work going and what's keeping you busy at the moment? Work's good. Yeah. Again, I've put that out to the universe. I need to stop saying yeah. that. <laughs> actually, no, it's nice to when things are going well because yeah. often I know we come on here and we're like, bloody hell. Yeah. Actually, for me, <laughs> things are going well right now. Fingers crossed they continue that way. Uh, what else is keeping me busy? I've been helping dad with, so my dad is an industrial designer. He's an inventor. I've always mm. described him as an inventor to my Love friends. That. Yes. And he's invented a, uh, it's like, remember when we were kids, it was like a totem we played totem tennis so you'd like stick it in the ground and you'd hit it you know with a tennis racket the ball and the on the string on the string and you hit it yeah a tethered ball I believe it's called and the reason I know that is because I'm trying to help dad with his social media Mm. so he's just launched this product 
check us out, guys. Not yes. sponsored, just yeah. love. Yes. I'll pop <laughs> the details uh, in the episode notes. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> thanks, Lee. At Tactic Tennis on Insta. And we'll, yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah, it's a dad. I mean, I'm so proud of him. He's just designed a tool, a tool, a toy that will, I think, I hope go really well globally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of designed for kids who are, you know, eight, nine, ten, even teens, even mm-hmm. families who, you know, are perhaps short on space. You don't need a grass patch to put your totem tennis pole in anymore. Mm-hmm. It's got a really cool base that is just filled with water. It's digitized so kids can have a competition with how fast they're hitting the ball and how many times and it links to the socials and mm. it's just super cool and it's nice to have a toy that's not on the screen and we'll get our kids moving because we all know that our kids probably spend so much time um, sitting on couches but mm. you know dad's idea is that kids in the states who have basements you know in the winter in America who can't leave the house can you know still do something that's active and fun and mm. you know People here, like, you know, who have smaller courtyards and not a whole heap of space that still want their kids moving. So, hey, that's me right now. Check <laughs> it out. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. And as a city goer, you know, having a place, you know, just outside the city with a small courtyard, that's like, yeah, it ticks the boxes, right? And so, our coordination. Yeah. Yes. You know, good stuff. Love yeah, that. Just to get them moving. So, yeah. Oh. Check us out. Pretty exciting. Amazing. And now I'm a social media whiz. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the party. I feel like the Parenthood Pod taught me so much about social media that I just never knew. So for all of, all of those following us, thank you. And for all of those who aren't, please follow us. We are at Parenthood Pod. Um, but That's so it. speaking of socials, actually, so we actually put a call out to our community on Insta, um, just sort of asking, hey, guys, do you have any questions for us? And we'll, we'll oh you God, know. You have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> We will play them. We'll answer them on the pod. So, okay, I've got these list of questions. Liv, are you ready? Okay. I'm I'm actually (sighs) terrified. (laughs) What do you have? I've been set. If any of my friends on here have set me up, I will know it's you. So of the responses, I got the more juicy ones that I thought, you know, might be oh, quite engaging to listen to. Oh, of course you <laughs> So it wasn't the what's your favourite colour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after dark special. But, oh, after dark, absolutely. So, okay, so I, I'll go first given okay. I'm the one Thank that you. put this Thank idea you. out to the world. Okay. Um, so the first question I wanted to roll with was what is the hardest thing about parenting to date? And I literally, when I saw this, I was like, do you know what, my head semi-exploded because I'm like, do I have to choose one? (laughs) Only one? Like, okay. And I don't even know if this is necessarily the hardest thing, but for someone like me, I like, you know, structure. We're talking about this earlier, right? We like to sort of know that generally things are kind of panning along what you've planned for is going to happen. And I just remember, and speaking about, you know, the colds in the first year of daycare and those sort of things, I found that really mentally draining, knowing that you could never plan just in general because you you just didn't know what was going to happen next with your children. And being a selfish individual prior to children and only having to worry about myself, it's so jarring that overnight you, are, you have this little human and it's like having your heart out of your chest. You care for this little thing so much, but it is so bloody un predictable, you know, from the tantrums to the colds to the, you know, all the things in between that all of a sudden your life that have may, may have seemed relatively predictable, as predictable as life can be, um, is all of a sudden not. And for someone like me, that's anxiety producing. Mm. So I don't know if that's the 
Do you reckon you're getting, that- do you reckon it's getting easier? You're learning strategies to put in place. Are you trying to just be more mindfully chill about yeah. stuff? I think it's like anything, right? It's like starting a new job or starting something new. Once you've had a little bit of practice at it, i.e., you know, you've had your schedule thrown out the window a million times, it doesn't affect me now nearly as much as it did a year ago. Mm. And I feel like I can bounce back from that and it's less grating. But certainly at the start, I just felt all over the place. And as you know, I had postnatal depression initially. Mm. And so I'm already like mentally kind of unstable and I've always dealt with anxiety. Sort of, it's always simmered on the surface for most of my life. So, you know, I had spikes in that. and But I feel like five, Finally, to your point, yeah, it, it probably is much, much more, yeah, I've got my head around it more now, I think. I don't know. Has that ever been, I mean, of course it would throw anyone feeling like the, the unpredictability of parenting, oh, but did I, that bother I you? I think everyone, yeah, it, oh, absolutely. And mm. I think most parents would have some level of it, right? We used to do things whenever we wanted. Now that we can't, we're thinking and caring about one or two or three or four other people other than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just don't want to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be real. So, you know, whether that brings about anxiety and stress, I think it's different for everyone. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely have said a number of times, I didn't think it'd be like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is really overwhelming. And I think my response to the question would be, very similar, you know, Mm. what is the hardest thing about parenting to date? I think for me it was the realisation that you couldn't do it all. I Mm. remember being pregnant with Tommy and saying when I confirmed it with work, you know, know, I was having a baby and I was so excited to have a baby, but I'll be able to do it all, you know, and I'm a lot more realer now with myself and my colleagues who are having babies that you can have it all. I just don't think you can have it all at the one time Mm. easily. Mm. That's how I would probably put it now. Mm. And I'm a lot more cooler with that because, yeah, you reflect on the last four and a bit years for us, you know, the lack of sleep, Mm. you know, how hard that makes it to function. You can absolutely be pushing your career and parenting and doing all of these things, but sometimes one has to come ahead of the other. Mm. And now I reflect on a kind of an annual period and I can see the flex that it has had. Mm. Um, And, yeah. That's just really hard. Yeah, and setting up the right structures. We've spoken about this a lot, but putting the structures in place to be able to do Mm. things like a job or whatever Mm. that you're, you know, spending, having the daycare, having the nanny, having the Mm. family support if you're fortunate enough to have Mm. all of, you know, those sort of things. So it is really all of a sudden it ain't about you anymore and it's just about just trying to, yeah, work through the juggle, right? Wouldn't you just love to lie in bed on a Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) You know, especially as the weather's cooler now. Yeah, just like all rugged up, and then all of a sudden there's a punch to them. Yeah. Like, I just want to lie here and just kind of not do anything. But instead, I've got to get porridge for you and yeah. ten for Tommy. He has ten like little sandwiches cut up, and if I do nine or eleven, it's like <laughs> World War Three. He must have ten, and he eats every single one of them and counts them as he goes. Stop! That is so cute. But good learning, Liv. Good learning. Good work. Education, yeah. School ready. It's going to be school ready. Exactly. Um, Okay, so another one that I've got is what is something about you that you wouldn't want anyone else to know? (laughs) Well, 
I obviously don't want anyone else to know it. Like, what kind of a, who asks this? This is one of my friends for sure. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you gotta go. You okay, gotta go all right, all right. So my more recently is it yeah, yeah, it's probably um I I probably come across as a relatively confident, I've got this kind of person, um, or at least that's the feedback that I receive from a a lot of people. And I feel as though deep down I have like massive imposter syndrome and insecurities as we all do. But um, I just think I don't necessarily want others to know that. I'm very proud about, you know, presenting in a way that's like, I've got this to the point where, you know, when I haven't got this, um, I've really struggled to ask for help because I never wanted anyone to really see me struggle. And I think that really comes back to your childhood as well. And I grew up in a family where, you know, uh, my parents were working extremely hard to build something for us. There was a lot of sort of financial tension and things like that as they were building a business. Um, And it was like, as the eldest child, I had to be capable. And it's like, don't add extra stress to an already stressful environment, just sort it, Leonie. And, you know, and so, and and that, no, you know, they did the best they could. And and that was just the dynamic of the household. I have two younger sisters and probably there was a little bit less of that for them because at that point, um, they're six and seven years younger than me. At that point, the financial stress was not as great. So, um, but, and I was also that, you know, eldest child, look after the younger sisters, be capable, do all the things. And I certainly wasn't perfect but when I wasn't perfect, I felt I needed to mask that as much as possible. And so I think as an adult, I don't like people to know that when I'm struggling. And it's really since parenthood, actually, um, parenthood has held me account, I think, because there's so many times where you are falling apart and it's not just about you anymore. It's, you know, the million other things that you're trying to juggle and you do have to call out for help. So Mm. I think I'm getting better at that, but I Mm. definitely really struggle with just this whole yeah, this insecurity and this, oh, I don't want other people to see it. Um, Even, oh, here's a story. So the other day, um, for those listening, I've just recently started um, modelling, right? So just something else, something else random I could add to the portfolio. (laughs) So... It was actually through the podcast. So from the podcast, um, a few opportunities presented themselves for me to collab with some brands. And I was doing a few campaigns with a couple of different brands. And then from there, the feedback was, actually, you're pretty okay at this. Why don't you get an agent and do this as like a little side job? And I was like, yeah, actually, I really enjoy being in front of the camera. I think, Liv, you would know, I've always wanted to do this sort of stuff. This has has been a dream. (laughs) A dream. How old? Yeah, 20 years. Yeah, right. I was always like, oh, how cool would it be to, you know, and so, but I never gave myself really the opportunity to even explore media or anything like that. And so, um, because I took the safe route and I, you know, got the job and I went to the uni and I, you know, didn't want to get distracted by things that weren't going to necessarily get me to where I wanted to be. And so finally now parenthood's really shaken all of that up for me. And I do have the sound job, but I also have the podcast, which is my passion. And also now I'm, I've just saying yes to things. So here I am doing this modeling thing, right? So anyway, so I was at the agency um, that I'm with and um, I'm with Brooklyn Management, by the way, I can say that because that's a public thing. (laughs) Um, But basically, so I'm at Brooklyn's um, agency and um, we were doing like sort of a how to be a model, I guess, workshop, right? And I'm like, yeah, teach me because I've got no idea. And I I completely bombed out. So basically there was this this uh, like top model there. It really did feel like Australia's next top model vibes. And Mm -hmm. she's there and she's like, 
do this pose, do this pose. And when you're looking at the camera, you want to do this, you've got to get the light. The light has to hit you on that angle. Know your angles, know the, you know. And I was so inspired by her and I'm like, I could do this. And she goes, great, now it's all of your turn, right? So we had photographers there and things like that. And they were, you know, each person got up with the photographer and we were critiquing each other and things like that, right? My turn, it's my turn to get up. And I'm like, oh, mind you, everyone in the room's like 20 and fabulous. And there's me like mid thirties, like Leone with the kiddos. You are fabulous. <laughs> but I felt so out of my depth. So I get up and they're like, right, Leonie, so we want to like go. And I was like, and I like awkwardly smiled and I was like, they're like, okay, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit. And I was like, the more she said be more relaxed, I was like, I'm feeling more tense because I'm like, I'm not perfect at this. How am I not perfect at this? Like, you know, you get to a point in your life where you've yeah. worked so hard for certain things that you're pretty well proficient in things like your job or, you know, certain things. And I felt like a fish out of water by the time that, you know, three minutes of death was up of me being in front of the camera. I walked away like salts back in my seat and I was like, I don't want to be a model anymore. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this massive imposter syndrome. Like, why am I even here? This is a good, like, I'm not 20. I'm not that, you know. You're doing it because you're fabulous. So I just, thank you. But it was just one of those moments moments as well where I was just yeah. like, I w- got home, I said to Jules, I don't think I can do this. And he goes, is it because you're not like awesome at it because you've yeah. done it like for three minutes? And I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you you think you're going to be awesome the first go? And I was like, oh, well, I mean, when you put it that way, he's like, do you think maybe you need a practice? Maybe <laughs> that like, maybe these top models don't just like get born and then they fall in front of a Life camera lessons. and they're, fa- you know, Life and I was like, okay, this is like a humbling experience. Mm. I'm mm. not good at something. I want to be better. And funnily enough, Soon after that, I've managed to actually book a couple of jobs and I've done a few jobs and I felt super confident after that really bad experience. So um, I guess to my point, so many times there's been this these insecurities and imposter syndrome that I, yeah, certainly would like to mask as much as possible. But that's the, my thing. What about yours, Liz? I feel, I feel like mine would be the exact same and I love that we can be vulnerable now, both on the pod, but I think just more generally women and men are able to show and are encouraged to show greater vulnerability that we're all human. Like we all feel these things. We all have things that keep us awake at night or stresses or anxieties. Like mine's probably similar to the imposter syndrome, but for me it comes up more as a really inner self-critic. Like so I kind of feel like I've worked really hard to be where I am and I belong where I am, mm. but I just tear myself down like that wasn't good enough or you could have prepared more for that or you shouldn't have spoken like that or you didn't, you know, articulate clearly what you're like. Everything like mm. that is I am critical about every single thing that I do and that has, yeah, been in my life for as long as I can remember and that propels me. I kind of, sometimes I explain or described as a bit of a, you know, fear of failure in many ways. Mm. Um, but it's a really hard thing to carry around too because sometimes you just want to go, shit, no, that was good. You did a good job. Like, well done. It's mm. very rare that you do that because I'm always looking and I see myself often doing it with my team too that I'm critical of. I'm yeah. I'm critical of them when I should be saying you did a really good job. Mm. I'm the person that was like, what would you do different next time? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
and I'm trying so hard because they do do a really good job, but mm. I've just got this relentless drive for it to always be better. Mm. And I uh, want everyone to know that I am working on that. Mm. Um, it's not something that, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, you just got to work on these things, right? Oh, 100%. Not afraid to share. Yeah, totally. And I think awareness is like the first step they always say, right? You're just being aware of certain things, you know, as we we all do when we reflect, um, you know, and if you're aware of it, then you stop it sort of, you try to stop it infiltrating other areas of your life. As you said, even as you were talking, I thought, oh, I do that too. The um, the critical mind is very strong in my mind as well. And I sometimes have to think, I just don't want to um, put that on my kids. Like, and, and I do that too. Like, oh yeah, tennis. Yeah, you did well at tennis. No, I, oh, now remember your stroke needs to go like, you know, it's straight back to like, you know, and, and you did well, but you know, rem- and sometimes it's, you did well, full stop. Like yeah. let it go. Like exactly. it doesn't have to be perfect yeah. every time. You don't know? always have to be looking for something else. Yes. Yes. So. But hey, if you're aware of it, that's you know, it. that's the, we're all that's working the on something. Thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So what I've else? got I've got another one. So th- I thought this was a good one. So okay. what experiences in your childhood are you trying not to replicate, I guess, as a parent today? I actually think my parents did a pretty good job. Uh, shout out mum and dad. <laughs> um, what would I change? I don't know. Like we've probably spoken about this on the podcast previously. It'll probably manifest more as the boys get older. Mm. A lot of our difficulty, tension within, with, yeah, between our parents was when we started to really have a level of independence mm. uh, and wanted to do things that they didn't want us to do. And my parents, as I mean, I'm speaking on your behalf a little bit here, yeah, Lynn, you yeah. can fill in the gaps, <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt at times and still feel and have discussed this at length with them that they were probably too strict and that meant that I did some things that perhaps if they gave me a little bit of rope, I wouldn't have needed to do. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I would have done it anyway. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, But I don't know. Like maybe when the boys are 16 and starting to test the boundaries and do the things that you and I were doing, Mm. we might, (laughs) maybe not, not not to the extreme, but mum and dad were always very good at setting boundaries. And I think on one of the recent pods that we did, mum was saying, I need to do more of that. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm starting that now. And hopefully that that plays out. Uh, yeah. As they grow up and into their teenage mm. years, which terrify me. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's interesting you say that. And I was speaking to someone the other day and um, they were saying that they are, they've got teenage kids and they were like, look, uh, well, I see it because the mum was saying, in my relationship with my parents, I never, f- they had a kind of more of a disciplinarian culture. Um, they were like, you know, the, the strict parents. And then, I, so I would never really tell them the deep things or if there was something that was going on in my life that was not academic related or something, I probably wouldn't say much to them as a teenager. And I, that really resonated with myself because similarly, my parents, you know, not coming from this country originally and things like that, mm. were very, very focused on academics and, you know, have the secure mm. job and to get that secure job to make a bit of money, you need to go to a specific uni and you need to study a degree that makes sense and mm. blah, 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 like the safe route, right? Mm. So therefore, we're stricter on me, um, you know, as a child. But um, 
she said that what she loved was the other night her her son, who's 16, was out. Some An incident happened with a friend who was, I don't know, drank too much and, and the, the son straight away rang his mum, my friend, and said, mum, we're on Chapel Street. Um, I think you need to come and pick us up. Dan, my mate, is yeah. passed out. I don't know if I should call the Ambos or, and she's talking him through it. Okay, tell me what's he like. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's pulling on her, like, you know, Uggs to get in the car. She's like, I'm coming. They only live around the corner. So, you know, and she was just like, you know, and, he, and the kid was fine. She managed to get him mm. up and, you know, and took him home. And then off she went with her son home. And she goes, what I loved was that he didn't feel ashamed to call me when yeah. shit hit the fan. Yeah. She, I was there because I'd fostered such a close relationship yeah. with him. I, she goes, I would never have been able to do that with my parents. I would have been embarrassed. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to tell my parents that someone's passed out. Like, oh, you know, they'll awkward. Never they'll never the house. Eggs. That would have been us. We can't call them because they'll never let us out yeah. again, which for yeah. our, like I know having spoken to mum about this now, her decision making was based out of fear, yeah. like fear that Always something is. bad would yeah. happen yeah. to me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> still is. Yeah. In our late 30s, if she knows that I'm out, she still calls me the next morning and says, did you get home okay? Yeah. <laughs> and I see it now. You tell them a story and mum's yeah. like, I just don't want you going out. I don't want you going to that place. Or, yeah. you know, I remember when you were going, you know, when we're 18 and you'd go to Prince a lot. Mum just would go out of her way to make sure that I would never go to Prince with you because Mm. she hated St Kilda as an example because she was fearful about what would happen there. Yeah. It is, yeah, I think, yeah, your friend is really right around just building that trust that no matter what, no matter what time of the day, night, wherever you are, whatever trouble you're in, you know, you or your friend, you can call. I will not yeah. ask questions. Yeah. One of my other friends was, yeah, we had a similar conversation. She's like, I sometimes just don't ask questions. Mm. They know. Yeah. We deal with it at another appropriate time yes. rather than peppering them. How did you get there? Yeah. Say nothing. Just be yep. there. They feel your energy. You, they know that they're loved no matter what. Yeah. Deal with it down the track. Deal with it down the track. It's funny you say that. So another friend of mine, um, they've got a teenage kid. So um, and they were saying talking about kids get it. You don't have to necessarily discipline up, you know, on top yeah. of the punishment they're already feeling. So how's this? The fifteen-year-old's gone a little bit off the rails recently. Sort of, you know, quite a privileged private school child, um, and decided he was going to shoplift because that would be fun, right? Gets caught <sighs> and get and then. My friend's husband gets the call. Your son is at the police station. Come and pick up your son. Okay. So off he goes to the police station. There's his son, like looking down and just like, and my um, friend's husband was like, okay, what's happened? Obviously a bit, you know, nervous. And the police are like, look, he was caught shoplifting this. Um, Look, he can go, um, but we'll know within about a week whether any more charges are going to be pressed based on what's just happened. So the guy, um, uh, the dad, takes his son home, doesn't say anything to him. Yeah. anything to him in the car. He's like, you know what you did was wrong. You are terrified. You've been sitting in the police station yeah. waiting for me to come. You know, that's no joke. Like that's punishment in itself. Didn't mm. say much at the time. He then, the poor kid, not the poor kid, I guess it was like, again, punishment enough, waited a week, not knowing whether he was going to have to go back to that police station or what was it. That and in the, the like, oh, wasn't that? it? And I, and uh, the dad was like, I don't even know if like, he didn't even shoplift yeah. much. Did they just do yeah. that to scare yeah. him? Because, like, yeah. what are they going to, you know, yeah. like you... And anyway, so that... And so literally the only thing he had to say, um, the dad had to say was, look, you know what you did? 
Yeah. I, I feel like I don't need to tell let you this, not to do that again. Let let this be the point. lesson. And you, do it you know, again, it's a different. And story. you know what? It was yeah. a turning point. So what happened yeah. was now he's gotten really heavily into rowing, and he has to be up at five in the morning. And mm. he's really, she's like, it's amazing. He's just like really cleaned up his act because he's got the mm. discipline and the boundaries because mm. he's taken up a new activity yeah. that doesn't involve shoplifting. You know. So, <laughs> But, you know, these are the things, oh, right? Yeah. Like these are the things you can't predict. Mm. You don't know what's going to, what phone call you're going to get. And this is why our parents were fearful and we probably will be fearful. But all we can do and all I really, I want to be the mum that, you know, that my friend is where, yeah, my kids feel like they can call me no matter what. So starting to foster that relationship yeah. as much as possible yeah. from now I think is so important. Let's listen back to this episode when the boys are 16 and we need to remind ourselves of what our vision is and whether reality is different. Yeah, well, actually, and like, yeah, but this needs to ground us. The boys will probably find this episode. Let's face it. Now we're recording this. They're going to find this episode and they're going to play it and be like, see, mum, you said that you'll be cool. <laughs> what happened to that? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, yeah, to those, look, we had a lot of questions that came in. So thank you so much to those who took the time to write them. We'll probably do another episode where we can answer a few more. And I think yeah. they're cool topics. Oh, they're like mini cool. topics yeah. that we can flesh out. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so thank you again, everyone, for your contribution. And Liv, I think we'll leave it there. I'll catch you next Sounds time. See, See ya. Guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.